morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. You guys, I dropped in for a second, a minute, a moment. You know what we do every single day. Father, we're going to pray. Then we're going to rain Marie. But um, before I start, there's just some things I want to say before I get um, get the reading Mark 5. We're going to read Mark chapter 5. We're going to rain read hungering and thirsting after the word of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Father, we just thank you for being in the midst of us. We thank you for being amongst us, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that you would give us a rhema word again today, this day. Father, as we hunger and thirst after righteousness, seeking you in all of our ways, wanting what you want, wanting to know what you know, Father God, we ask that you feed us. You said you would give us daily bread, Father. We thank you for fresh manner again today, this day. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Guys, you, today I want to do a little bit something different. I want to talk about, um, I just want to set the record straight on some things. I want to talk about, um, I want to read just a little bit out of a, out of Genesis just so we can set the record straight so the spirit of confusion um, won't be able to bring all of his mess. Okay, let's just set the record straight about some things. We're going to talk about um, just for a second, a minute, a moment. I want to reiterate. I want us to talk about the um, from Genesis 2. I'm just going to Rhyme read a little bit from Genesis 2 so we can bring some clarity to what's going on, on in this earth. We just want to set the record straight about God's creation. Okay, so I'm going to start with Genesis 2 and verse 4. We're doing verse, uh, um, let's start with 2. So the creation of the heaven and the earth and everything in them was complete. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his creation. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. Good morning, beautiful Letha. I'm just, we just put, put, bringing some clarity to God's creation. I'm just doing a little something different right now before I start with Mark 5. Reading Genesis chapter 2, I'm on verse 4. It says, when the Lord God made the earth, verse 5, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there was no people to cultivate the soil. So it never rained before. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. It's kind of like water sprinklers. After the water sprinklers, that's all, because it had never rained before. So that's how I used to water the earth, like water sprinklers. They used to come up out the earth. Verse 7, then the God, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. This is what I'm trying to get at right here. So here we see that God created man. He created the man from dirt. 
right? From the dust, from the dirt of the ground. Then the word of the Lord says, because uh, we need to expel and alleviate because the devil is breathing his lies. So we need to make sure that the word of the Lord is being lifted up, right? He says, um, so then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life. He breathed his breath. God breathed his breath into the man's nostrils and the man became alive. He became a living person. So this is why I say, Lord, the very breath that we breathe comes from you. The very breath right now, this breath that I'm breathing, it comes, the breath we're breathing comes from the Lord. And when he, the spirit, the breath of God, the Zoe, when it leaves us, when the our breath, when the spirit leaves us, because it's the spirit that giveth life. When our spirit leaves our body, our body ceases to live. It's the spirit that gives life. The only reason I'm alive is not because of the flesh, but because of the spirit that's living on the inside of me. It's the spirit that giveth life. It wasn't until God breathed his Zoe life, his breath through man's nostrils that he became alive. Lord, so we glorify you. We thank you. Let everything that has breath, this is why everything and everyone that has breath ought to praise the Lord because the breath we breathe comes from him. So this is what I mean when I say, what is it that we have that we did not receive the very breath that we breathe comes from our heavenly father. It's in him and because of him that we live, that we move and that we have our being. I just wanted to bring some clarity on the creation of man. I, I wanna bring some clarity. I want us to understand that it was God who created man. And because God is perfect, he makes absolutely no mistakes, right? because he's perfect. So here we see him creating the man, giving him life. Verse eight, then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he planted the man, the M-A-N, he had made, the man that God made, not, not evolution, not the big bang, not the universe. We're talking about the man that God made, okay? Verse nine, he says, the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground. Right. So he started making the trees grow up from the ground, trees that was beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, listen, you can have anything you want, but don't eat that tree because I don't want you to know good from evil. Right now, all you know is good. And so you're not responsible for evil because you don't know nothing about evil because all you know is good. You're completely pure. You're completely innocent, right? Verse 10, he says, a river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and then dividing into four branches. The first branch called the Pism, um flowed around the entire land of Havaya where gold is found. The gold of that land is exceptionally pure. Aromatic, rising, and ox stones are also found there. The second branch called the Gideon um, flowed around the entire land of Cush. The third branch called the Tigris flowed east of the land of Asher. The fourth um, branch is called the Euphrates. The Lord God placed the man, verse 15, I'm trying to, I want to talk about the man. He was telling about the garden. I want to talk about the man that not the universe created, not the Big Bang Theory, but I want to talk about the man that God created, okay? Because we were created 
by God. I don't know about you, but the word of God, it is my absolute truth, right? Um, it's not just because I'm reading it, but I've experienced it. Life, um, the only reason we're alive, the only reason we're breathing, the only reason we're living is because God, who is the giver of life. Verse 15, the Lord God placed this the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Why? Because then you're going to be responsible for what you know, right? And the wages of sin is death. When we sin spiritually, it separates us from the Lord. It causes us to experience a spiritual type of death, right? So verse 18, then the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone, okay? He's not talking about lonely. He said, uh, Alone. Okay, there's a difference in being alone and being lonely. Okay, so why did God say it's not good for man to be alone? He's getting ready to tell us. This is Genesis 2:18. He says, I will make him a helper who is just right for him. This is the NLT version. So he said, I'm gonna make him a helper, someone who's compatible. For him, because all the other animals in Genesis 1, if you read over there, they there was one male and then there was a female because male and females, they go together. All right. It's one male, and one female. He says, so I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. It says he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one, right? So here it is. He's, he's, the animal's already created, but he's naming them. And so he gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the, uh, all the, birds of the sky and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper <laughs> just right for him. There was no one compatible for him. The animals had male, female, they had their companions, but Adam had no one compatible to him. So 21, so the Lord God caused the man, this is God, the creator, uh, who created us, uh, not the universe, not the big bang, none of that stuff. The word of the Lord says that, so the Lord God, he caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. He says, while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. This is what the Lord did. This is the Lord's doing. This is his plan. This is his only plan for man as far as they help me. 22, then the Lord God made a woman, a W-O-M-A-N from the rib. He brought from, uh, he bought her to, from the rib and he bought her to the M-A-N, not to uh, the W. He didn't take her to another woman. He took her to the man. So he created the woman for the man because he says he didn't have a helper. So he created one male and one female. Verse 23, at last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called... It says she, S-H-E, will be called W-O-M-A-N, 
want men because she was taking from men. The woman was taken from the man. 24, she came from his womb, from his rib. 24, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Now, the, the man and his wife was both naked and they felt no kind of shame. Why? Because they was not aware of, they, they wasn't doing anything wrong. There was no sin um, sin is sin makes us uh, sin causes us to be sin conscious. <laughs> so verse three, so they was innocent. It's like a newborn baby. A, a newborn baby is not aware of themselves when they're naked. They're completely innocent. They're not trying to do anything. They're not trying to seduce anyone. They're just completely innocent. They're carefree. Their hearts are pure. Their motives are pure. They're kicking the legs because they're happy. When they ain't got no clothes on and they're running through the house, it's, it's completely innocent for them. You see what I'm saying? But that's how they were. They were like pure, like newborn babies. They were completely innocent. There was no sin. Sin had not yet entered in. Okay, it says the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the walled man, because God created one male and one female, right? This is God's plan. This is God's only plan. And my purpose for this is to say, you know, God did not make any mistakes. God is a perfect God, and God was not confused uh, what he created you. So if we're having identity crisis and we're saying things like I was created like this, I was born like this. I want you to know that the devil is lying to you because God was not confused when he created man. He specifically, and he built a woman. So he put details into her. He get carved her out breasts and hips and you know the woman is made different from the man he 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 did it on purpose okay he so he's not confused god was not confused when he created you and um you know i know we like to the word of the lord is not like a buffet we cannot pick and choose what we want to do we cannot well we're gonna pick this part out but that part ain't true you know that's perverted that's the uh that's the manip that's the devil that's what he does he takes the word and he twists it right so verse three says the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the lord god had made one day he asked the woman did god really say you must not eat the fruit from the any of the trees in the garden here he comes with his voice of doubt same thing he does he does to us right when he comes to our mind with this doubt and unbelief, verse two, of course we may eat from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the trees in the middle of the garden. So she knew the word. She was well-versed. I mean, she was a Bible believing. She carried her Bible. She studied her Bible. I'm just bringing it into today's content. I'm just bringing it into our world because you got to be able to see yourself in the text. So otherwise you'd be like, well, what does this have to do with me? It's just a good story. So let's bring it to reality because the truth of the matter is there's nothing new under the sun. Um, the situations and circumstances may be different. We're no longer riding on donkeys. We're driving cars, okay? Um, but the spirit is still the same. Demons don't die. These demons that was back then are still here today. They're still here roaming the earth, going about like a lion, seeking whom we can devour. That serpent, he's still telling us God really didn't mean it. 
that way. Now you've taken it too far. Did God really mean that he created one male and one female or, or did he, did he make a mistake when he created me? Because, you know, I, you know, the devil tells people that I was born to be a man when I'm a woman and I was born to be a woman when I'm a man. And we know that the devil, we're going to find it. The word of the Lord says that the devil is the author of confusion. And so when we're having gender identity, when we don't know who we are, just because you think something to be true does not make it true. We can look in the mirror and see that if I have breasts, then I'm clearly a woman, right? So when my mind is thinking contrary to who I am, when I look in the mirror and I can see how I am, then that means my thoughts are wrong because in the natural, I see who and what I truly am. Okay. So if we're going to say that we're believers, then that means we have to believe the word of God because God and his word is one and we have to eat the whole row. We cannot pick and choose what we want to believe. Um, but that's what deception is. Deception is a believing uh, something that's true that's not true. And the greatest deception is self-deception because when you start to believe a lie because you're not going to believe anyone more than you believe yourself so if the devil can convince you that god made a mistake when he created you then that's when we enter into the door of deception right so of course we may eat from the tree the devil is saying and the woman is coming back and saying um it's only the fruit the woman is speaking she's saying of course we may eat let's let's go back the the chef the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the lord god had made one day he asked the woman did god really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden listen to what the serpent said he said did god say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden that's not what god said verse two she said of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden so she knew exactly what god said she was she understood the word she knew exactly what he said the woman replied it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat so he was saying you can't eat from none of the trees she said no that's not what god said he said, we can eat. We just can't eat from that tree in the middle of the garden. See how he's trying to twist it? That's all it is. It's just a play on words. This is why we got to stick to the word of the Lord, because he wants to trick us. Just He wants to deceive us. He wants to twist the word of God. He said, you must not eat. She said, he, he said, we can eat. We can eat of the middle of the uh, uh, middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it talking about the tree in the middle of the garden. He said, if you do, you will die. If we eat from this tree that's in the middle, we can eat from any other trees in this garden, except for the one that's in the middle. He didn't say that we can eat from any other tree. The serpent is a liar. He tells lies. The word of the Lord says that the devil is a liar. Okay. He is the father of lies. Jesus said this. He said that the devil is a liar and that he is the father of lies. This is what he said. Let's read the word of the Lord because believers believe, right? Let's put some clarity on it because uh, 
let's let's see what the word of the Lord is saying, how God created one male and one female, because the devil is a liar. Okay, so we're just going to say what he say. Okay, he said, you must not, you won't die, the serpent said in verse four. He said, you won't die, right? The devil always speak contrary to what God says. Genesis 3, 4, the devil said, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, verse 5, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you would be like God, knowing both good and evil. Here he is trying to seduce them, trying to trick him. This is why the word of the Lord said we should cast down, it's, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, we should cast down um, every evil imagination and every thought that brings itself against the knowledge of God that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into obedience um, to the truth. How do we cast down those evil imaginations? Because here they was physically talking to a serpent, but now the serpent, the serpent is in our mind. The, the mind is the battleground. These evil thoughts that come to our mind, we thinking that these are our, our thoughts, but these are not my thoughts because they're not good thoughts. They're not God thoughts, right? So when the serpent comes to our mind to speak um, words that's contrary to the word of God, the Corinthians says that we're to cast down those evil imaginations and those thoughts that exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bring it in obedience. How do you cast it down? Well, like to tell the people we're in a word war. And we see that when Jesus was being tempted in the garden, um, for four, after he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, when the devil would come with his evil word, Jesus would say to him, it is written. He spoke the word. So we are in a word war. When the devil comes with a word, you speak the word. This is why it's so important for us to know the word of God, because the word of God is our weapon of warfare. And when we don't know the word, it's like being in a spiritual war with no weapon. And this is why we're living defeated lives as believers, because without the word, knowing how to take it and use it as a javelin, like the two-edged sword that it is, when the devil come, we're sitting here and feeling defeated because we're not even aware that it's him. We're thinking it's our thoughts when the thoughts are contrary to what God is saying. If the thoughts are contrary to what the word of the Lord is saying, then those are not God's thoughts. He said, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are praiseworthy, whatsoever things are good report. Think on these kind of things. When the word is contrary to what, what God's word is saying, then that's not God. The devil told her she would not surely die. She would not die, even though God told her she would. So he comes to speak contrary to who he is and what God says. He says the woman was convinced. Now, she sat there and she slept and she fellowshiped with him. This is why we need to cast down those evil imaginations because the devil wants to convince you that God is a liar and that he is true. So the devil was here having this conversation with her. We're in Genesis four and five. He told Eve she would not surely die, that if she ate from the fruit, she would be known, she would be like God knowing good from evil. The devil wanted Eve to believe that God was trying to keep something good from her, that 
you know, one thing I, I realized is reading the word of the years is that when God tells us not to do something, it's not because he's trying to take away our fun. It's trying to protect us from the evil one. He's trying to protect us the same way when we're telling our children not to do stuff is because we're trying to protect them from harm. We're not trying to keep them from something that's going to help them. We're trying to keep them from something that's going to hurt them. Right. So the serpent convinced her that God was a liar and that he was true. So verse six says the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful. Now here's when deception comes in, because when we have knowledge of the truth, but we refuse to believe the truth, then we open ourselves up to this spirit of deception, right? So now I no longer believe God. I don't believe what God says is true because she was convinced. And, 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 and so she said, I, now she began to look at it in a different way because she no longer believes the truth. So now she's into deception. So she saw that the tree was beautiful. You know, I looked at him and he was just beautiful. It's like spiritual. She was getting ready to commit spiritual adultery because she turned away from her first love to follow the deceiver. She saw that the tree was beautiful and his fruit looks delicious. He is really fine and he looks delicious, you know, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her, not knowing that she was already like God because she did not know her identity. And when we don't know our identity, the serpent will be able to trick us out of the truth. Also, we don't know who we are in Christ and we don't understand what the word of the Lord is saying. And if we don't hold fast to the confession of our faith, continue to say what the word of the Lord is saying, continue to cast down those evil imaginations and those thoughts that are contrary, that exalt itself against the knowledge of God by saying, when the devil say his word, we say the word. Jesus said, it is written. The devil said, you can't do this. Well, the word of the Lord tell me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is a word war. Okay. Um, but then she gave, she gave some to her husband. Not only did she eat, she said it's going and, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So her, her, she, she was in pride too, because she wanted to be wise like God, not knowing already that she was created. She didn't know she forgot. She didn't know she was created in his own image and his own likeness. And I like to say what an honor and a privilege to be created in God's image and to be created in God's likeness. So she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. She took it and she, she said, this evil thing can bring me something good. So deception calls good evil and evil good. God told her it wasn't good, but the devil convinced her that it was good. And so when the devil starts, when you're around people and they call good evil and evil good, just know that they're operating under the spirit of deception, the same spirit that tricked Eve out of the truth. Good. She, God said it was evil. She said it was good. It was, it looked delicious. It was beautiful. God said it wasn't beautiful. She said it was beautiful. She, she, and she began to consider the benefits, not realizing and understanding that death was attached to it. She didn't consider the consequences 
of our sins, even though God had already told her and warned her ahead of time, warned them ahead of time what would happen if they did eat. And it's the same way warning becomes before destruction. The Lord is even now, good morning, Michelle, where uh, Raymond reading Genesis 3, Genesis 2. Even though God warned us ahead of time of the consequences of sin, but she did not believe it. Eve did not believe the word of the Lord. And, and it's the same thing with us when we doubt God and we don't believe God, then we sin against God. And that's all it is. It's, what, so what is the sin that leads to sin? The sin that leads to sin is doubt and unbelief. When we don't believe God, uh, we open ourselves up to the spirit of deception. This is what's going on with Eve here. So not only did Eve eat after God told her not to eat from the tree, um, she wanted the wisdom that would give her. So she took some of the fruit, verse six, Matthew's Mark, uh, Genesis two and six. And so, and, and, and would give her, she, so she took some of the fruit and ate it. This is NLT, New Living Translation. Then she gave some to her husband. So it wasn't enough that she was deceived, but she turned and she gave it to her husband. He was that means she, he was standing right there the whole time. She his wife was being attacked by the devil. He just stood her stood there and watched her go through oppression, depression, uh, to be tricked and deceived <laughs> by the devil, and then say nothing because it says then she gave some to her husband who was with her. The word of the Lord said he was with her. So he was there when this was all going down. He was there when she was conversing with demons. He was there when she was practicing the witchcraft. He was there when she was oppressed and depressed, uh, uh, dealing with hallucinations and all this kind of stuff. He was there when it was happening to her. Then she gave some to her husband. Remember God left him in charge. He already told him not to do it. Uh, he gave her some to her husband who was with her now I, and, she, and he ate it too. So listen, now she ate first and nothing really happened, right? She ate and nothing happened, but let's see what happened when Adam ate and verse seven. So she, she gave it to him and he ate it too. And at verse seven says, and at that moment, at the moment that he ate, it was when he ate, it wasn't when she ate. It was at that moment their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. And this is what sin does. Sin causes guilt and condemnation. It caused us to be aware of what we do. They felt Hi guys, this is Arthur Pearly Martin. Remember to pick up all my books online at Arthur Pearly Martin um, and, at Amazon, Barnes and Nobles under Pearly Martin Books. You guys, remember to like this, uh, to subscribe to this podcast. Help support this podcast. Hit that subscribe button. And, and you guys make sure that you share the link. But more than anything, you guys stroll through here. I have over 200 some episodes. Stroll through here and see if God has a word for you. Again, this is Arthur Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. You guys be blessed. And like I always say, keep looking for what's good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day.